yeah stop the music stop the music all together i think that that's this is this is it's appropriate it's appropriate this is exactly what we need to do we just need to need to stop we need to stop because the conversation that we have today deals with music and i don't know i have no idea what's gonna happen i really don't but we want to say first and foremost that we're thankful that you joined and that you're connected with us and we hope and happy sabbath is, of course yeah, happy sabbath Hopefully everything is coming through just fine. We're not having issues. I was having some weird thing happening on YouTube where it was sending me out to like a, another stream that we did another day. And uh, YouTube is just great, guys. I'm telling you, sometimes I feel like giving it a hug. Is, is it possible <laughs> that uh, Sane doesn't want us to speak about this? <laughs> no, well, you know what? Look, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't doubt this at all. I, I will tell you that. Uh, I think it's more like saying just doesn't want my computer working. That's that's <laughs> no, I mean, if anything, it's not just us. Like, I don't know if you guys heard about everything that happened to YouTube, like about a week or two ago, like a lot of accounts got hacked, uh, showing like some Bitcoin scam and whatnot. Oh boy. It's, I, don't know. It's, I can't it's something crazy. I can't, I can't keep up with all this stuff, man. It's just, it's crazy. <laughs> By the way, look, we are hoping we get through this conversation uh, with no issues only because the heat is crazy right now like it's it's intense and uh, luckily it's cloudy which for me that's i feel i feel very blessed that it's cloudy because that means that the sunbeams aren't hitting my windows and it's not heating up the office that being said my goodness it's hot it's it's just hold on that. you know what's crazy though my brother because i'm personally not home right now but my brother sent me a video and it is pouring in atalanto it is just pouring it's always pouring in Adoranto, bro. I just got to let you know, man. That's, that's my experience. It's always It, it does out, look bro. like it's about to rain. I'm not going to lie. I heard some, yeah. I don't know if I heard a thunder or something. But yeah, there's funny. thunder and lightning and all that stuff. That, that's funny that, like the mountain area. That's funny you guys mentioned that, though. Um, uh, my cousin actually sent me a, a, a video uh, this week. Uh, uh, it says, uh, you know how they have, they make those videos. It says uh, how it is in Arizona. And then this person takes out a pan and he gets some bacon, throws it on the floor and literally is cooking the... The, the pieces of bacon on the floor, like you hear it sizzling. That's how hot it is. That that's crazy. For the record, though, this is not an endorsement on bacon. Just no just triples. To make triples. Sure. I meant. Okay. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. All right. Just right. just to like fix that. Then when I was a little kid, I went to the academy, to Adventist Academy in Las Vegas. We actually did that for one of our science projects. We cooked an egg out out, out in the heat on the pen. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Well, look, it gets hot out here. We're up in the high desert of California. If you're watching us from a place that has much better weather, congratulations. You are a blessed person blessed individual but we are not we're just blessed to be inside with some ac and that's the way i see it but yeah. anyways um so again we want to thank everybody that's joined us isaura first one to say happy sabbath today isn't that amazing uh so isaura i i don't even want to know how hot it is where isaura's at i don't i i you know what i care not to know because i feel like i'm gonna start sweating <laughs> just hearing the number that must be crazy out there um also uh, Haley, we got Jessica, we got Ivan, we got Cindy, everyone with a happy Sabbath. I know we got many more. Thank you again. Let us know if you are watching us live. Also, let us know where you're watching us from. That'd be interesting, too, just to kind of get an idea uh, from what different places you are. Uh, let us know the temperature of where you're at, too. That'd be that uh, that'd be a, a little fun right there. I, I um, can vouch for you, and say it is 112. Tah, that's, that's <laughs> I, you know, I don't I don't know, man. I. You know what's what's worse being in the middle east i guess at this time uh somewhere like in like in like the deserts out there hey, hey but that, that would be nice to see where people are watching us from you know uh i was calling a couple of the young people this week 
And uh, I was kind of encouraging. I heard one of them that, uh, that I talked to, she actually said, but you know, I, I usually don't watch you guys live, but I do watch you guys when I'm at work or when I'm, uh, you know, have some off time. So that's good. Nice. You know, just, nice. And look, we, we just got not the numbers. during work, we, actual we, work, right? Or actual work. Look, we got the numbers coming in right now. Um, we got uh, 109 degrees out where David Salcedo is at 109 in San Bernardino. Carrie Nelson, 119. Oh, God bless man. you. You know, uh, may the Lord bless your air conditioning as well. Because, oh, wow. Okay. So there you go. You know what I mean? And and I, I kind of know where Carrie is at. So that's, uh, uh, it, it is tough out there, uh, Arizona. That's 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 pretty brutal. Um, uh, Hesperia 105. There we go. Inland 109. Yeah, it's 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 hot out there. But look, uh, we hope that you're comfortable. We hope you got a cup of, uh, of water with some ice on there. Maybe put some Gatorade in there, some Powerade, whatever, you know, just to keep nice and cool. But but we got an interesting conversation for you guys. And if you have some for us as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Let us know. Also, uh, Andrew, that shirt looks good on you. Unfortunately, I still don't have my shirt ready. That's oh, all man. my fault. I was. Confused. I still have one there. And, and I still haven't posted. My fault as well. <laughs> and I still haven't posted on Instagram, so that's my fault. <laughs> sure, I did. I did call up Jason and say, Jason, let's wear the same color shirt, and we agreed. You know, I, yeah. so so it's looking We're great up, up top on the screen. We got the the pink turquoise or not turquoise, the pink uh, coral color, coral color. That's what I'm thinking. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, and uh, Andrew, you got the black. So again, if if you're interested in a shirt, uh, let us know, you know, and uh, and we can get that to you. We'll get a little bit more information at the end. Very well. So we want to start this conversation as we normally do, as soon as possible. We want to get into this. Um, you know, today's conversation is titled "Melodies of Danger." And maybe it was a little dramatic there, but I, ha I actually had when, when, when the post yeah. was first put out on when Andrew posted out, someone messaged me and said, you should, you guys should have used melodies of death. That would have caught more of my attention. Oh, I got this. I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I got the same thing come across that name. I'm not going to mention the individual. So I'm not to put oh, on. the did. same person, the same person sent me the text as well. <laughs> okay. But we did think of that name. So just, would, just for the yeah. record that, that name did cross up when we were selecting the for title. Sure. For yeah, sure. but then 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 I then I said, yeah, then we're gonna we're gonna look like a metal band or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. The the other thing too is you mean the skulls were not enough? The skulls were not enough? I don't know. I mean, what else are we supposed to put on there? But it, but anyways, it, it was definitely something to capture your attention. But also, and more importantly, uh, something that I think uh, no matter where we go in this conversation, and we're gonna, I, I know we're all gonna have different opinions here. Um, yeah, say David Salcedo says the photo was more dramatic than the headline. Uh, David, thank you for that. Uh, just, just, just so you know, David, letting you know, the truth. I really was going for a dramatic electric, for a dramatic I really, thing. really was like that one hurt right there. Oh yes. Oh yes. No, I'm, I'm proud of the dramatic electric guitar. I'm not going to lie to you on that, but anyways, uh, we want to have a quick word of prayer. We're going to jump into this. Uh, and so Jason, you want to lead us with a word of prayer today? Yeah, let's go ahead and pray guys. All right, let's do this. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, first of all, for another Sabbath that you've given us, Lord, and also for this opportunity to have this platform and have these conversations, Lord. Um, now, as, as we dive into your word and dive into this conversation, Lord, I pray that you guide it and that you open up our hearts and that we really, um, that we're honest with our answers and that we say what you want to be said. As for all these things, in your name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. All right. Awesome. So again, uh, aside from the melodies of danger, um, really what we're talking about today is music. And, and maybe we lean a little bit more toward a certain aspect or a certain type of music. 
uh, but we want to explore it all. And for sure, we know that you already have questions on this. I've received questions on this before. Assuming you guys as well, Jason, Andrew, you guys have received questions on music before. And uh, truth be told, it's not it's not the easiest of subjects. Um, it, you know, the 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 more we look into it, um, uh, the more the mind goes in different directions. I think, and I I think it's just one of these things that we really have to take our time in trying to see not only what scripture says, but also trying to extract the proper principles. Now, the million dollar question to begin with, and I don't even know if you guys have an answer to this, <laughs> but, and this is kind of where we want to start, is why is it that we like music so much? I, I, and, I, and, I and I'm serious about this because I, I, I still have to meet someone who says, I hate music and I think music is the worst thing in the world. And whether it's a church or outside, it doesn't matter, right? But I've never, ever met someone. I've met people who are very selective with the type of music they hear, but I don't think I've ever met someone that says, I hate music, shut it off, turn it off, right? Um, and if you noticed, uh, our introduction had music as its background, right? So it's everywhere. And that's because, that? well, I mean, I, you know, I was trying to mute it, but I didn't know how to do that. Um, I, I, whatever. Anyway, the point is not, not, not even that. The point is <laughs> we like music. I'm just, you know, I know you guys are not psychologists or anything, but but what do you what do you guys think? Why is it that we like music? To be honest, I think it's it ha, obviously, like you said, we're not psychologists, but it has to do with something psychologically because, like, let's not even go out of the church ambience. Just like within church, like I don't know about you, but about you guys, but like sometimes for me, when um every once in a while it happens, but everybody's singing a hymn and it's a hymn everybody knows, and then out of nowhere the the piano player starts playing whatever it is and everybody sings it a cappella it, it's like it's not even just the 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 instruments it's sure. the melodies that are coming out of people's voices and it kind of in modern terms it hits different it sounds mm. it feels beautiful feel, like i personally feel like it's i feel full when it's like when there's experiences like that at church well when we were going to church that people would sing a cappella to me it just sounded beautiful i liked it yeah, the, the way you said that, Jason, when we were going to church, man, it's been brutal. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? Like five, six months now, and it's it just feels like it was another uh, age. By the way, Andrew, before before we jump to you, real quick, uh, we also want to know what you guys are thinking about this question, right? Why do you think we like music so much in general? We're not necessarily talking about music in church, but just in general, why is it that music is so attractive? Andrew, what do you think? I honestly don't know why why my foot taps sometimes. When I hear a, a certain song, something about uh, music, I, I'm, I'm not too sure why exactly, you know, um, before we even get into the biblical principles. But, you know, I, I think about uh, how, how far we've, we've come a, a, without uh, being in an actual church atmosphere. And uh, to mm. be honest, I kind of miss those little coritos. Yes. I miss those like little campfire songs, you know, not even, you know, a, a nice little hymn. Like, I, I, you know, you have that urge of like, man I, I i miss that music i remember um there was a period where uh, uh my wife jazz where she was in she wasn't able to come to church and like I, I like what a difference it makes to have good music if i say that mm. can i say that because I, I and i can say this because i was the one singing up there so, <laughs> and, and I, I one brother came up to me and and he was so brutally honest he said you know uh the the gift is not yours your your, your wife has the gift you're not so much so he didn't say it in those words exactly but you know I, like I, those terms. I, I, I got the point and i totally understand you know it makes a huge difference you know if, 
it felt, you know, uh, uh, not having my wife there, being able to lead the songs, it felt a little bit dead, a little bit like, you know, just something about not having music there that, that made it feel a certain way. So absolutely, I think uh, music is huge, it's important. And, and you know, and, and we talked about this earlier, sure. you know, uh, sure. about our, uh, you know, I guess our, our, our secular past, if we can put that that way. But yeah, I think it's- Yeah, uh, yeah, for, for sure. No, I agree with you guys. Look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, that I think probably aside from being among my church brothers and sisters, I think the number one thing I miss about church is singing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's just being able to sing in a congregation. Um, and, and it goes a long way. I, look, I, I'm, I'm definitely no psychologist, but um, I, I do know what, what some psychologists have said about music. And it just seems like uh, there's a, there's a portion of our brain that music touches um, specifically in, in the, the emotion side of our brain, right. Or the emotion center of our brain that music affects deeply uh, in fact, I'm going to take the words of Valerie uh, Salimpour, who's a neuroscientist at McGill University, and she says that a single sound tone is not really pleasant in itself, right? Just like a single note. But if these sounds are organized over time in some sort of arrangement, it's amazingly powerful. And she adds that it's it's a big deal because apparently dopamine, okay? And if you guys know a little bit about dopamine, this is uh, kind of that 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 thing that that gives us the sense of pleasure, um, which which I think will go will will. Uh, connect to what we're going to say a little bit later on, but dopamine is also what's released uh, in anticipation for sex, during sex as well, uh, eating as well. You know, sometimes, uh, Jason, uh, all the, you know, <laughs> I know how much you like food, right? And, and, and you like foodie. trying different things. Yeah. Uh, Self-proclaimed foodie, for sure. Um, and and, and, and there's, a, there's a pleasure that we get out of eating. Uh, that's also released when we listen to music. Um, and, and she adds, and I just wanted to add this last statement because I thought this was really interesting, um, that it's also, this dopamine is also released with drugs that are very powerful and addictive, like uh, cocaine, amphetamines, things like that. So um, th there, there's definitely something that music does uh, emotionally, that does psychologically, and that even does biologically in us, mm -hmm. right? And, um, and so it makes sense to me, I think, that we listen and again, not pointing out a specific tune or a specific type of music, but that we listen to music and, and there's things that are just very pleasurable, right. And, and, and pleasant, and we want to hear more of it. Um, and again, I'm, I'm looking at some of the answers here. Uh, Isaura says maybe because of the way we are created, um, we have a beat inside of our heart and that's true, right? Mm -hmm. It's amazing that there is a rhythm to our heart yeah. changes depending on the so circumstances. Right, absolutely. Um, and Cindy says it gives you a happy feeling. Again, this is what we're talking about, that dopamine, right? Uh, the emotion center, uh, the melody, singing, all of it. Nothing like singing to your favorite song. Oh, uh, nothing like a good quartet. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, <too>. yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. Um, and I'm assuming you guys, you know, have, have sung to uh, uh, something in your car and you're just, just singing like crazy in your car. And, uh, you know, and you may sound horrible doing so, but, but it's enjoyable, right? It's enjoyable for you. Maybe not the person listening to you, but <laughs> not as soon as not as soon as the, the, the music stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? There was also something else that I read about why we like music so much. And it was talking about how uh, it also affects the memory portion of our brain. And so music reminds us of certain things. Right. And, and sometimes kind of like smell does. Like, I, I don't know if you guys knew, but smell is one of the strongest senses that directly links to memory. And music does the exact same thing. So, um, yeah, music is is big. And in fact, I think if we jumped into scripture here, 
I would also say that in scripture, music is a big deal. And can I say something before before sure, we sure. even go to scripture? I think that, that what you're saying is absolutely huge. You know, we've we've come leaps and bounds, right, from from uh, uh, in information that we have on the brain and all these different things from scripture time, from Ellen White's time, you know, all, all this information that we have. And, you know, sometimes I think to myself, you know, oh, well, you know, we say, oh, you know, well, that that we can say to ourselves, I've said, I've said I used to say to myself, like, oh, that's a, a little bit extreme going to that to that stage and, and thinking about rhythms, tempos and 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 how that affects the brain. You know, I, I, there's a quote from Ellen White where she actually talks about the use of our knowledge. Right. Mm. Of course, we have scripture right as our foundation. But she talks about how if we have the technology, if we have the means, if we have that knowledge in the in those areas, why not use those also for for the glory of God, you know, as, sure. as something added towards scripture, right, to kind of just uh, 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 put the stamp on it, if we can say, right. And just sure. like what you were saying, you know, all these studies that we have, you know, uh, uh, I was looking up studies too, from like 15 years back, as well, you know, talk, talking about uh, different types of sound waves, how they can create like lucid dreams and and these different ways in which uh, a, a sound and music can affect us. So absolutely, you know, when we're thinking about music as it com as as uh, it comes to what type of music we should be listening to, or these questions that we're going to get into, I don't think there is a too far when we're dealing with well, what God wants for us. We should be able to sh we should be willing to strive to the highest that God wants us to strive for. Sure, sure. You know? so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think ultimately that's kind of the goal, isn't it? I mean, what, what at least the conversation that we're trying to have, we're, we're trying to make sure that we strive as high as possible based on what God wants. But um, in every aspect, this is why we've talked about so many different uh, areas, right? And music just happens to be one of those that we are talking about now. So Jason, I, I don't know if you wanted to say something. I think you did. No, no yeah. And um, earlier when you said uh, about um, music, how it affects memory, I'm actually, I, I could actually say I'm, I'm, I've experimented that myself when in college, um, I would put classical music to study. I felt more relaxed and I, I honestly felt like I, I could soak in more and I was just more focused on what I was reviewing as compared to not listening to classical music. So I thought uh, to me, there was a, I, on top of me being a musician myself. So like, I understand music at a different, I could say a different level, a like deeper level. I guess you could say a deeper level because I actually know like, like, with the chords and everything chord progressions all of that stuff like so like things like that like they do like i understand it perfectly when it comes to that and then i was telling you guys during the week uh, i even in high school i had done an experiment on that how um musical patterns affect the heart and it's it's insane how musical patterns affect the way the brain and then the the the, the wavelengths the brain starts getting because of the music also affect the rhythm of the heart. And I, I thought I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought it was insane that, that even since then, like I had learned things like that. that that's interesting that you say that because that's exactly I actually wanted uh, Angie on on the live stream. Hopefully she could help us because I, I told Mitchell before this like I am in no way uh, how would you say I no way feel like uh, in some areas I can speak on music because I, I I don't have a, a music. Uh, musical talent in my body or, or bone in my body, maybe, maybe a little bit some somewhat, but not enough to speak on that for sure. Well, you know what? Well, look, I've, I've been playing music for a long time. Um, uh, and Angie's not here, by the way. If you guys saw me go off screen, it's because 
um, my kids are also looking for Angie. So what, you know, whatever I, I, I can't, I can't tell you where she's at right now. Um, by the way, Martin says he's not convinced of your expertise, uh, Jason. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He, he may know something that I don't, but, um, you know, I, I've been playing music for a while. Um, and there was always something very attractive about it. Um, and, and truth be, I mean, it, you know, for those of you who don't know, I play the piano, I play a little bit of guitar, but I'm not, you know, it's just, it's not my thing. Um, but I enjoy piano. Uh, with my wife, uh, she directs choir. I help her direct the choir as well. You know, she, I mean, she's a director. I'm just like the assistant to the assistant of the director. But I, you know, I do my 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 task. Um, and and we, you know, we started getting into creating music. And I, I wanted to share something very interesting, because as of late, especially for those of you who are um, uh, members of the Inland Church or connect to our YouTube channel, um, we have uh, started doing kids stories, right? And so I, I, you know, I filmed the kids stories and, uh, my, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, um, uh, my wife, uh, they're all in, in, in getting the kids ready and trying to get the right shots and, uh, the, you know, the costumes and all those things, but I'm doing the filming and then I bring it back. I do the editing. And first thing I do is just get the narration, right? And then I put the, the word, the visuals to the narration, but no music. And when you look, when you hear it without any music whatsoever, it, it, it just feels dry. It just feels like there's, there's just nothing there. And this happened to me last night. I was finishing a story on Naaman and Elisha. And as soon as I put the music on there, guys, I started crying. Like literally I started crying <laughs> to my, to, to the little kids acting out the story of Naaman and Elisha. Uh, it started building up and it's just amazing how when all these things combine, right. Um, it makes a difference. I, I've sat at the piano when the church is uh, uh, worshiping uh, and just a simple, small tune can just change the atmosphere of a place, right? And so it's definitely powerful. It's definitely powerful. And um, uh, again, uh, just for the record, I agree with Martin, Jason. I'm not too convinced of your expertise. I'm just kidding. Total, <laughs> that, that, uh, not, not to uh, butt <laughs> in again, but that, that's funny <laughs> that you say that. You know, uh, it's so true when we think about like uh, uh, movies, right? Whether if you, if you ever, mm -hmm. you know, you take away the sound, you're like, you can't get your, your sound set up. You're looking at the movie, you're like, this is so like dry. <laughs> like That's nothing right. going on right or you know what it reminded me of recently uh, i don't know uh, I, I don't know if i want to expose myself but uh i was watching a laker game recently mm. don't don't throw us don't throw a stone at me right i was watching a laker game recently are and you it was talking so about antonio are you talking about antonio not throwing a stone at you because i'm not gonna throw that <laughs> yeah oh, what do you call it so i was watching a laker game recently and it's so weird to see how it changes the way people play, the way people see the game with no crowds on there. Mm. You have, you know, the, it's just, I, I, I was telling my brothers, like, oh, I almost don't even feel like I want to watch the games. It just doesn't feel like it's, like it's real. Like it's just, yeah. it, it just it takes away from the whole experience. And it's, it's crazy how sound or, you know, uh, makes a huge difference in, in all Absolutely. that. Uh, like back to like, back, back to that, like me uh, this week, watching some of the soccer games this week, it just looks weird. Like hearing just the whistle, and the ref talking sure. and then in spurts they put like the crowd that's there like sounds of the crowd being there and it's it changes the ambience and um just in high school when i used to be in marching band um we used to sometimes play for the um for the pep rallies at the basketball games mm -hmm. and even that like i felt like even that like if when we were playing certain songs it would like change the the the, the i guess you could say the the emotional status of like some of the players, like especially like if the team was like losing or if the team sure. was like going up, it would like pump them up even more and whatnot. Yeah, it ma makes a huge difference. So let's jump into this uh, in regards to scripture. Um, what does the Bible say about music or does the Bible even say anything about music? 
Um, I, 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 I kind of want to start this off just because you guys know me. I always try to go back to the very, very beginning. And it's interesting because the very first instance that we have of music in scripture uh, is, uh, I think it's Jubal, if I'm not mistaken, because his brother's name is Jubal. But uh, Jubal, who was a descendant of Cain, was known to be the father of those who play the harp and the flute. But that's about it, right? That's all you see in the book of Genesis. And really, the, it seems like the very first instance that we have of music being played or, or something related to music is the Song of Moses. Uh, I find a very interesting uh, uh, symmetry when it comes to Scripture, very interesting harmony when it comes to Scripture uh, about this, because that is the first song that is recorded in Scripture. The Song of Moses in the book of Revelation actually turns out to be the very last song recorded in Scripture as well. So there's just this kind of beautiful uh, um, uh, harmony, right, when it comes to, to song in Scripture. Also, I just want to remind you guys, there is an entire hymnal in Scripture, the book of Psalms, right? Um, and uh, in, in, in essentially, that was the hymnal of back then. Historically, we know that. Um, and uh, and uh, aside from that, you get a lot of other instances where individuals do sing at the temple, uh, Jesus and his disciples sang, and we get a lot, a lot of praise going on in the book of Revelation at the very end. So scripture is all, I mean, uh, scripture just mentions song in many different places, many shapes, but perhaps our, our question is, more than anything, what does the Bible say about music as opposed to what type of music it mentions? So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, um, actually, I guess I'll, I'll start off. Yeah, I usually go into a lot of the scripture, but I wanted to lay out some just some, some principles. And that's that's kind of what I feel like we, we always do. And especially what we want to do here. We don't we're, we don't want to say, uh, you know, oh, this is what we're saying, but what the scriptures say. And uh, I'll start off. One of the uh, ones that I want to start off with, because, you know, I, I heard uh, uh, someone once say, you know, it's like, oh, why is it? Why is it a big deal? You know what? What music I listen to? Does God really care uh, uh, about the the music I listen to? The smallest, minute things, you know, and it reminds me of First uh, Corinthians 1031, where it says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Right. Mm -hmm. And we think as something as simple as. Uh, as eating, but we think of the health message. We see, think of something as, as drink, something as simple as drinking, but even that God wants us to take us, take his, uh, his, his, um, his word into account or, or what he thinks, you know? So when we think about music or we think about the smallest things, we can't say, Oh, you know, what would God think? Of? You know, I don't think God would care about what I do in this, but the Bible clearly says that whatever we do, right. We have to think about, uh, uh, uh God and, and, and what he would want us to do in, in the situation. Right. But I want to actually take us to um, probably, probably one of the, the most uh, common ones when we're talking about music. Right. Which is found in First Samuel 16, 23. Right. Uh, we had just a little bit of context. If you guys know that at this point, uh, Saul has been re the king. Saul has been rejected as king and, and it's been taken away and given uh, uh, to David. Right. Um, oh, actually, I'm thinking of the wrong of the wrong uh, wrong Bible verse. This is actually when David is chosen to go play for Saul, mm. right? Because uh, uh, the, the spirit, right, that he has, right, um, being rejected, it says, and 1 Samuel 16, 23, it says, and so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take a harp and play with his hand, then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. So there's a couple points that I want to take from here. Um, you know, when we're talking about why is music such a big deal in scripture, if we think about 
what David is doing here, he's first of all, and maybe this is of significance, we can talk about this later, right? He's playing a harp, right? And we can say, well, could a, could a drum have done the same thing? Could a flute or, or what, what other instrument could have done the same thing? Or was it how he played it? And we can get into all those things, right? But it says he, could, he, he David would take a harp and play it with his hand. So at this point, we know that there are no what words to what's going on. It's just music because he's playing with his hand. It says, then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit, right, the demon, we could say, would depart from him. So just building on this right from the get-go, and we say, why is, is, is music such a big deal? If we can see that someone like David, who was playing the harp with his hand, no words, just music itself, that demons would flee from Saul, could we then say that it's possible that a certain way of playing or maybe a certain instrument, or, or, or we can get into this later, right, would be able to also bring in demons if, if played a certain way? What do you guys think? Yeah, I would, I would, for the record, I would push back just on, on the instrument part. Because if I'm going to take if I'm going to take the instrument biblically, it's I got to go back to Jubal, who was the father of those who played uh, the harp, and uh, Jubal was a descendant of Cain, and we know that that's the line that pushes and fights against uh, the people of God. So I, I it's it seems as if Scripture does not have so much an issue on the instrument as opposed to how that instrument is being used, and I think that. Um, it, it, throughout scripture, we see the instruments being used in many different ways, right? Um, I, I, the, the example, and this is probably the most popular example of music in scripture. Um, I, I, Andrew, just to clarify, though, are you saying that Saul, um, that, that, that in a sense, what David was playing was kind of like an exorcism in, in pushing out that evil spirit? Or is that something that, because uh, again, the text says Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distress, this distressing spirit would depart from him. We're not talking about there is a spirit that's possessing him. It's an attitude that's going on. What, what exactly, how exactly do you see that? And same thing yeah, yeah. Jason. I don't know if you guys see that differently. Well, no, I, 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 yeah, go ahead, Jason. No, yeah, like I, I, I clearly see that. And then, I mean, um, there's been experiences that I've known and that I've seen that, where music is a big, is a big, big issue when it comes, especially to those things, to things about, to things to do with demons or whatnot. Because um, certain music, because of the words that it says, because of the rhythm, rhythms that are being played, practically do invocate spirits. I mean, if anything, like um, if anything, like uh, there's been times that I've read articles where it talks about like there has to be a certain to do like certain like people that practice santeria and things like that to do certain rituals it's music that gets those rituals going so like that's how powerful music really is like even to that point that even like people that do witchcraft and things like that they use those music to invocate spirits so like i mean if that doesn't tell you that music is something powerful to be used in the wrong hands i don't know what would so, so but but just uh, sorry just to clarify though uh, Jason, on your point, I, Andrew, I'll, I'll get back to you because my question is just simply, do you guys see that text talking about um, an evil spirit possessing Saul? We've got to be careful with that, too, because it says when the spirit of God was upon Saul, right? Or is it that spirit is figurative language of, a, of an attitude of a feeling that's going on at that moment within Saul? I kind you of know what? I, I'll go, go. 
I, I kind of understand it because it said because well, it depends on also the version that you're reading, but it kind of like more so the versions that I've seen, it talks more about like de-stressing him, like he was stressed out, like he was really stressed out. Then David comes in and plays and it relaxes him. So you know what? Uh, that's more along the lines how I see I, it. I, I've actually heard uh, s- several different explanations on this, and and one of them being actually being a uh, pos- uh, to some sense a uh, possession, right? And another other versions where they say that this is the the Hebraic version of them saying, you know, not that God put that evil spirit on him, but in God's the, the sense of God's presence being gone. Like the 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 idea of when light and darkness is there, when you take lightness away, darkness is left, right? Mm-hmm. In, in that same sense. So I've heard both both sides talked about. Whichever way you want to think about it, I think the 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 important thing to note is that whether if it is a demon or is a distressing spirit, we can see here that music can sure. has some something powerful to do with that. And I want to add even more to that because. It's not just the harp, right? It's not just the fact that David is playing uh, uh, this instrument, right? That all of a sudden this happens. If we turn to 1 Samuel 16, 18, and just a couple of verses before 23, look at what it says here, because Saul is looking for someone to come play for him. And look at uh, what it says. It says, then one of the ser- servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Hmm. Right? And these are all a bunch of points that, that we, we can start getting into a little bit later. But I think it's huge. It's not just the instrument. It's not just the fact that he is skillful player, right? Because I think this is huge too, right? And we can get into, you know, uh, you know uh, skillfully playing or someone who doesn't know how to play or someone who's given the gift. And we could talk about that. That's a whole nother uh, subject in its own. But the fact that the Lord was with him, that he was in the spirit of worship. And we can get into this even a little bit uh, uh, later. Right. But I think that these are all fact factors in talking about music. Not only are we talking, not just the instrument, we got to talk about how is it played in what spirit and in what purpose? I think these are all huge. Sure. I, I, yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, I, I think uh, we have to recognize as well that uh, the reason uh, David was sent was because God was with him, because the Lord was with him. Um, the, the skill, I think, is slight, in my opinion, I think it's slightly independent to whether or not the Lord was with him. He could still have been skillful and the Lord was not with him. Now, in the case of Saul, though, I want to still. And, 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 and I, can I just yeah. say that? And what, sure, sure, what sure. Would that? and what would that say to us in current generations? who we see people at church who are skillful, right? There are many skillful pianists, many skillful uh, uh, violinists, uh, all kinds of different musicians. But that that question remains at the bottom, right? Which says, and the Lord was with him. And I'm not trying to say that the musicians don't have God with him, but that is an underlying foundation. I would say, is it possible to be a musician, to be very skillful and play so well, but in the song you're singing, in the song that you're playing, the Lord is not with you. And that's that's a question that we have sure. to think about. No, that. I think I think that's I think that's very possible. Um, uh, and it's maybe something we have to come back to in a second, uh, because uh, we do have to talk about the type of influence that it has. In fact, kind of pushing in that direction real quick. Um, it, the the case of Saul is a very very interesting one, but not in my opinion, not so much because of First Kings sixteen, 
I'm uh, sorry, first Samuel 16, but what happens in first Samuel 18 and in first Samuel 18, uh, there's a moment where, uh, you know, there's been a great victory. You guys know the story. There's been a great victory. And in first Samuel 18, and I'm reading now, um, verse six, it says, now it happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine. This is David and Goliath, right? That story that the woman had come out of all the city of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy and with musical instruments. And it says, so the women sang as they danced and said, and this is their song. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And then scripture says, then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. The song, what was being sung at that moment did not sit right with him at all. Um, and then when you look a little bit further down in verse 23, because now this is the complete opposite of Saul, right? In verse 23, in uh, this is, um, uh, first, sorry, uh, this is first Samuel 16, 23. Um, but when, when you look a little bit further down and, and David is singing and he has a spear in his hand, Saul literally has a spear in his hand. He's playing again and it's no longer the same effect. Um, here comes uh, Saul, right? And David is probably trying to soothe him. And now the music no longer <laughs> has that effect on him. And he almost kills David in the process, throwing a spear at him. And so it tells me in the case of Saul, poor Saul, we pick on him, but unfortunately he's, his story is in scripture. In the case of Saul, it's amazing how many different emotions are gathered from all these different aspects related to music, right? So I, I think we can say, you guys disagree with me if you want, but I think we can say very clearly that uh, song, uh, music, will have an effect one way or another. I see Martin writing, was it the song or was it the song or was it what the song was saying? Well, we're we're going to get into that. We're going to yeah, get into I, that. I, I, I think ultimately the problem was that what they were saying, they were saying it in song. And in fact, they were celebrating the fact that here we go, we have slain the enemy, right? And yet it had a negative effect. All I'm saying is that music can definitely sway our emotions one way or another. It happens. And in Saul, it's a perfect example of that. What, what say you guys to that? I just wanted to add a one one more scripture, just going going along with this this uh, whole idea of what you were saying, and and kind of uh, uh, the fact that uh, it, it talks about the Lord being with David, right? Uh, in Ephesians five seventeen through nineteen, it says, mm. "Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand the, what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit." When it says speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just music. It's not just the words. There is a worship experience when we're thinking about this that, that has to be present, right? That melody in our heart that allows us to be filled with the Spirit. And, and maybe in talking about Saul, Maybe it was something that wasn't happening at that time with Saul, even though even yeah. though David was trying to appease, appease him, you know, it, it, just, it wasn't there, you know, and, sure, and that sure, goes sure. to show that just because you have the right music with the right lyrics, with the right everything, it's possible to be completely numb and deaf to it, you know, if our spirit is not in the right place. Yeah. I, can I ask you guys something? I'm, I'm just curious about this. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering if... Because this is this is my my firm belief when it comes to scripture, I I don't see clear cut instruction on how music 
should work, how music should sound, also what type of instrument should or should not be played. I don't see that. I feel like when we're talking about music, we have to kind of uh, grab the principles that scripture teaches on many other things, right? And say, we need to apply this to scripture as well. I mean, uh, to music as well. But but I, I don't see um, clear instruction. Like, I don't see when you play music at church, this is how it must go. There is no scripture at all that says that. Do, do you guys see something different? Am I missing something there? No, I mean, if anything, if anything, like there's been, te- like there's, some, I guess it depends on how your I your your beliefs of music are because there's even texts like that that say like they use they used um well i don't know how i always forget how it's called in english but banderines and banderines are usually like that's something that oh we don't condone the use of those in in church or drums but in the bible in bible times they clearly used it especially like when the people of israel crossed the red sea or when they, when the ark of the covenant or the ark of the covenant was rescued and um david went now and full nude playing the pandarin I think that's how it's called in English and things like that. Um, like, like it, there is no, at least a, unless someone else helps us out, there is no clear like, hey, you can only use this instrument for this purpose. Mm. And to worship God, you can only use these. There is, yeah. I, I personally have never found anything to say that. Yeah, and and I and I think what we're doing is what we're trying to do with all the other top, all the other topics that we do. You know, there's sometimes no clear cut. Uh, answer right like we say you know uh, for example you know there's no verse that says thou shalt not eat hot cheetos because hot cheetos was not something that existed back in those times you know we're what we're doing is we're trying to apply what we see in the uh, uh, in in scripture times and trying to apply those principles to, to what we have today so of course we have uh, uh, stories in the bible in which we say we see how instruments were used and we try to see well what is it that god was in which ways was God, you know, approving of, of certain circumstances and in which way wasn't he? And we mm-hmm. tried to apply those, you know, like uh, uh, um, Jason was saying, you know, in many of these verses where it talks about them using tambourines and, and, and the dance and we can get into all that, you know, and I, I went into, into that study too, as well, you know, how many of those instances were actually from victories, right? These weren't uh, uh, times where they were dancing or using the, the drums somewhere in the sanctuary or in the temple. Right. These were all places where there was a victory. Like there is a time and place for these things. Right. And that's what I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. But sure, it, it, sure. it's noticing all these different events and trying to extract that. That's the best we can do at best. You know, I don't like we said, there's sure, no, sure. you know, clear cut. Yeah. 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 And, and look, and I, and I bring this up and I, I'm I, you know, I'm going to speak uh, from the heart here. I think I've, I've done this on other conversations and uh, hopefully it never gets me in trouble. I don't think it will, uh, because I, I I'm a firm I'm a firm believer that whatever it is that we're going to practice at church, uh, in our homes, whatever it is, um, has to be supported biblically. I think a lot of times we have established certain norms that are not quite biblical. They're more uh, tradition norm, traditional norms, things like that. And so, I, I, you know, right now, Andrew, you mentioned the sanctuary. The, the problem with the worship in the sanctuary is that it, it is not identical one-on-one with the worship that happens in a church nowadays. Right. It's it, absolutely not identical. There are completely different things going on at the moment. And eventually the sanctuary service actually stops because of what Jesus did on the cross. It all symbolized him, his ascension to heaven, his work in the heavenly sanctuary. And so I've, I've heard many Christians, many Adventists for the record, bring over practices of the sanctuary and then say, but look, because it didn't happen in the sanctuary, it can't happen in the church building mm. as well. Um, and, and I and I always push back on that. I say I don't think that's the argument that you want to make. 
Because if that was the case, then Andrew, Jason, whenever I'm about to go up and speak, I need to wear uh, certain sure, garments, sure, sure. okay? Uh, as 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 the priest would, if you're going to equate the priest with the pastor, that and it doesn't work like that, right? Uh, we don't go into church and we sacrifice a lamb. We we uh, these these Wait, are you don't do that. that. Yeah, no, we don't do that. Wait, <laughs> Wait, you guys are still doing that? No. So so you see, my what I'm sins saying? are like, covered. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I think I think that e eventually we have to say it's not about uh, it's not so much about this is what happened back then. It's more about how do we apply the biblical principles that never change to the, the type of world that we live in now? Because it is different. For the record, um, you know, we, we talk a lot, of, especially in the Adventist world, we talk a lot about Ellen White and the things that she writes about music. We got to admit, though, music back then, okay, and what different. was considered forbidden in church back then is what is considered ultra conservative now. Now. Right. And, and so you say, well, wait a minute. We, well, we can't go back to Ellen White's time. That's not physically possible to do. So then we have to say, hey, let's grab, although there is no prescribed formula for this is how you play inside of a church or this is the type of music you should listen to in your car. Um, I think there are still principles that, that talk to us about those things, um, if, if I could put it that way. Uh, what do you guys think about that? No, I, that that's something that that's huge, especially especially the whole traditions part. I think that's very very huge, because traditions it's not something that's from God. If it's not biblically supported, it's not something that's from God. And you, Mitch, Mitch, and myself have gone off and had very extensive conversations about certain things that we practice out of the music realm that we practice in church today. That's like, dude, that's traditional. If anything, that's that's. You take that from Catholicism type of things, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have to be, we have to be very, very careful when we, we start saying things, Oh, this is allowed. This isn't allowed. If it's not sure. biblically supported, don't say it's allowed or it's not allowed. The we we're Christians. We base ourselves off the Bible, what the Bible teaches us. Mm. And if, if it's something that you made up, it could be something that's completely wrong. If it's not biblically supported. Yeah, I'm, I, and I'm telling you, I'm all, I'm all for the biblical support. I, I really believe that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. No, no, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, absolutely. That's what we, we try to do. We try to, you know, uh, just bring over the principles. And I think that that's, that's the hard part that, that, we ha that we have to try to deal with, right? You know, and when we're talking about uh, contemporary music, and we're not going to get into this right now, but, you know, I think a lot of us get scared, even, uh, uh, you know, in, from the conservative side, you know, when we hear the word contemporary music. Right and, and all the uh, the connotations that bring along sure. with it, but sure. I just want to give, read you guys the the, uh, the definition. It says living or occurring at the same time. So you know when we look at the definition itself, you know it's, I don't think that there's anything wrong with 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 that itself. You know music sure. that is occurring from at the same time. It's like you said, it's how we apply these principles, and I think we're going to get into it in, in a little bit. But sure, uh, yeah. Well, 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 no. Let's well, let's well, let's go there because I got a question for you guys, and I think this is the. This is one of those questions that I have no idea what you guys are going to say. Um, but, but let's just for a second here ask the question about secular music. Okay. So, so let's step away a little bit from the realm of church, right? And, and church music or the music that is used in church. And now let's talk about secular music. And my question is, should Christians, can Christians, not maybe should, I think that that's, that's too strong, but can Christians listen to secular music? 
Okay. And, and uh, I, I want to hear what you guys think about that. Cause I think a lot of us have that question, right? It can't, can we listen to secular music? Well, can, can, or should we? No, can, is, can. Is can, because, well, I mean, because I think, should, can, yeah. I, I think we can listen to, to, to whatever we want, if we, if we want to, but you know, should we listen to some, some of these things, you know, and I think it goes back to the question, you know, when we're talking about secular music is does music have a purpose? First of all, is there a reason? Is there a reason for music? Was there an intention for music? If there's no intention, just like when we talk about marriage, right, which is what's happening right now, marriage is a, is a free for all. You know, everybody in, in, invents uh, their version of marriage, uh, uh, sex outside the, the marriage, and we can go on. Uh, uh, and, and that, and I think when we think about music, we sometimes feel like it's so low on the totem totem pole for us that God doesn't really have an opinion on it. That you know, that God doesn't have a purpose for it. And I, I want to get into that a little bit. But anyways, we're talking about uh, secular music, right? Uh, should sure. we listen to secular mu music? Sure. Then the question becomes, well, is it, uh, I, I believe Martin mentioned this question, is it the music or is it the lyrics that, sure. that, 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 that we should be looking at? And, you know, is it possible to have a bad lyric? Uh, I would say a bad, bad mute. Like, I think, I think we can all conclude that if a song has bad, uh, what do you say, bad music and bad lyrics, we probably shouldn't be listening to that as a Christian, right? If, I, I, I would assume. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree with you. If, if, if a song is talking I, about sex, drugs, yes, and yes, and yes. and all these different things, or sure. or a song is talking about uh, satanic and and gruesome and all these things, right? We're talking about the extremes of of what do you call it, rap music, and the extremes of of the rock and roll lifestyle, right? Where sure. we have these, you know, uh, sex, drugs, uh, alcohol, uh, women, and all these things. Sure. I think we we can conclude. I would hope that as a Christian, we should not be listening to these this type of music, right? Sure. But I sure. guess that then that becomes: is it just the music? Is it just the lyrics, or is it the music as well? And if you were to ask me, I think it's both, right? But just earlier, we were talking about how David just with the he said his hand played the harp it didn't say he mm -hmm. sang just mm -hmm. had an effect so i think it's important for us to look at both the music the melody and for us to look at the lyrics right now the question then becomes because we start to look at we say okay we have the two extremes we have rock and roll rap and all these extremes right what about uh positive music what well, we would say positive music music sure, sure. that um doesn't have a harmful melody or doesn't see, seem so harmful that's pretty neutral right maybe a a a casual romantic song you know what do you guys think hold on i got first corinthians 10 23 and i mentioned this verse to you guys and i think this verse like is really gonna guide like an answer to this question and it says all things are lawful but not all things are beneficial hmm. all things are lawful but not all things are constructive and edifying I think that that verse really hits the spot. Like, okay, like, yeah, if you want to listen to certain type of music, go for it. Like there's nothing there. The Bible doesn't say you can't listen to it, but is it going to be beneficial for you? Is it going to be beneficial for your salvation? Is it going to be constructive? And is it going to edify you to get closer to Christ? That's when it comes to music. I feel like that text just really, that really summarizes it when we're, trying to figure out what music to listen to and what not to listen to. 
it just really yeah. hit the on point because it tells us like, okay, look, if it's not going to get me closer to Christ, why am I listening to it? If can, it's can not, I give a, de a definition for edify for those of, all, of the, the hearers out there? I looked this up already. Edify means to instruct or improve morally or intellectually. Mm -hmm. So is this going to uh, instruct us or improve us morally, heavenward or intellectually, right? And I, I, and I want to add to this too, because we see, how would you say, we see a song that has a good melody, right? And we, we say, uh, uh, has a good melody and good lyrics. And we're like, okay, right. And we're talking about, uh, uh, oh, we're still talking about secular music. So I, I'll wait for that. Mitch, you have anything you want to say? No, yeah, I know. I, I, I wanted to finish and hear what you were going to say. No, because no, well, I, I was going to start jumping into, uh, uh, okay. you know, uh, uh, Christian music. And sure, all that. sure, sure. Yeah, look. Um, so, look, I'm, 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 I like definitions, and I think the definitions are important. And the, the issue, I think, oftentimes is that whenever we talk about secular music, we immediately put secular music in the evil because it has nothing to do with religion or church or God. Uh, the problem is that at the moment that you apply that, the word secular, and you immediately equate it to sinful or worldly, because worldly is a whole different term as well. But when you equate that, you run into problems. There are many things that we do that are not religious, that are secular. Many, many things. Um, uh, simple things that we do to survive. Uh, I know the jobs that you guys have. You guys have secular jobs by definition. There are jobs that are not related to the church. Man, that not sounds so degrading when you put it like that. Okay. Like, you well, really but, think about yes. it? You guys are right. secular. Right, right. But you're right, right. But you, but you see, no, but you but see you what the problem point. is. You have a point. You have do a you big see, point. Yeah, do you see what the problem is? You fell exactly into what I'm talking about, which is immediately we say secular is evil. That's mm -hmm. not true. You it's went not. to go buy a car. That is a secular action. You ate food. That is a secular action. You go to school and you study, I don't know, math. That is secular by definition. It is not related to anything religious, right? Or to the practice of religion. So whenever I think of secular music, I'll give you guys an example. And you guys could push back and say this is anecdotal. That's totally fine. My son is four years old, four and a half. And he is, uh, we have a, a baby grand piano in our living room. And uh, he is now sitting there at the piano and he's picking at it. Now, he's picked out some uh, certain Christian songs and he starts playing the Christian songs, right? And then the other day he comes in, he says, Poppy, do you want me to play you a song? Now, again, don't think he's like some prodigy where he's like playing with all his fingers. It's just picking. But, there, but he's actually picking up the melodies. And I say, yeah, sure, play me a song. And he plays a song that I've never heard at church. And I know he's never heard at church. Uh oh. This is a song. Hold on. This is a song that he made up. And it is a song for the record because he's repeating it over and over again. This isn't just he's playing random notes. He's playing the same melody over and over again that popped into his head. Now, you guys are going to tell me that was a religious song. It was not. Right? He's not He's not playing those notes to worship God. He's a four-and-a-half-year-old. He just seems to have caught a melody that he likes, and he's playing that. And by definition, that, that is secular music. It is not religious music. It is not. Can I, can, can I respond sure, to that? Sure, sure, sure. I said you guys can push back. Go for it. And... and uh, uh, Martin's saying here uh, that he didn't answer the question. I don't know who he's talking about either. Me he's, or Jason. He's talking, about, he's talking about you. He's talking about oh, you. Okay. Bro. So well, the the question was: should, I don't know. I don't know. I just totally made that up. Uh, listen to secular music. I would say we probably shouldn't listen to uh, secular music if it if it's not edifying, if it's not instructive, it's intellectual. Because we say, well, we we can say, uh, uh, how would you say, 
uh, A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> we could sing the little kid song, right? And in some way, that is edifying. That is intellectually edifying. There's a purpose to that, right? Even though it's not religious, there is, you know, and we're, I don't think we're opposed to learning, right? And, and I wanted to add to this thing, you know, because you said that it wasn't a Christian or religious song, right? And I, I absolutely agree. I do believe that there are melodies that are secular, that there is nothing wrong with those melodies. If we look at some of the music and some of the hymns that were actually derived from secular melodies that were there in the past, that were even played in the bars at times, where they took the melody and they added Christian lyrics to it. Now, sure. this is where I wanted uh, Angie's expertise or, or, or someone with this expertise, because I was actually looking into this, right? There are melodies that are acceptable. It's when we get into the, how would you say, it, the abuse of certain factors in the melody, whether it be rhythm, whether it be tempo, whether it be, you know, uh, we were talking about syncopades and all that stuff. Like, I'm not like this, this music genius or anything, but like that, you know, so I wanted someone to kind of give me a, a little bit more on that, right? But I think sure. the, the, the um, how would you say, it? the standard is there and we see it through the Bible, we see it through Ellen White, where she said, where we talk about temperance in all things. And I'm gonna bring sure. up a, a verse on temperance later, right? Sure. But and this is, I think, huge when we're thinking about the melodies that we're choosing right because all of a sudden you you have a, a song that 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 abuses uh the drums or the beat and is and 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 it almost takes away from the from what it was supposed to be and and it's taken you some somewhere else right you you abuse the tempo the speed and all these different things are factors and i think that it is possible to have a secular melody that has nothing wrong with it and that we we put we can put christian lyrics on it and be and it'd be fine. I don't but think that yeah, that that is yeah. an issue. Yeah. Okay. So wait. So the question. So the question was. How did I? Martin saying I went around it. How did I go around it? Okay. Because okay, the question was, if I'm not mistaken, Martin, correct me if I'm wrong. The question was, is it wrong for us, or can we as Christians listen to secular music? Right. I said. I said. I said we shouldn't. You say if, we shouldn't. If, but I say we shouldn't if it's not edifying. If it's not, you know. Here's the thing, though. Like, here's the thing. Like, I. I just say we should do it along the parameters of what the text says that I had read, but also like, I mean, what's wrong with me? Like listening to a romantic song and then being like, Oh, I actually I have telling, a telling, telling, from telling, telling like my significant other, like, man, this song makes me think about you. Like it reminds me of you. Like, I, like, I love you. I, I personally don't think that's nothing. There's nothing wrong yeah, with it. I, I, but it is and, a secular song. And this is the, the, the abuse of this is where I go. I don't think that it's wrong to listen to, to per se. It's when, when, when it be, uh, Ellen White actually has a quote where she talks about romantic castle building to the point where it's, you know, you're just uh, romanticizing to the point where it's just, you're, you're abusing the, the you know, if, if we're going to, the, to uh, temperance, right? Of course, I don't yeah. think that there's, you know, no, you can turn on a romantic song and sing to your to sing to your wife. There's not or 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 your girlfriend or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're just all you do is just listen to romantic music 24/7, all you're gonna be thinking. And I and I know this because I've had this. You know, I I've been through this place where I've been through different stages uh, of listening to different types of music. You know, where where you like the girl and all you do is play love songs and you become in this infatuated state and all you think about is all these different, you know, you're like, oh, you know, and, and it's true. You know, the, the Bible says that um, from uh, from the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. That which we consume ultimately, even if it's good or it's not not so edifying, it's also ultimately going to come out. So, yes, if we 
listen to secular music that's not necessarily bad, but all of a sudden if we consume that all the time, then it takes away from our spirituality. It takes away from the time we could be spending with God. Right, right, but right, but I, I think, but I, I, you know, I would just say that that is applicable to absolutely everything. Even exactly, and that's hold on, the, even even in the religious sense, because if all I do is study prophecy and I don't study anything else, I'm not gonna potentially, I'm gonna miss out on certain things that I'm not supposed to. If all I do is read Ellen White and I don't read scripture, oh, I'm gonna run 100%, into hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so uh, I don't think we're talking about extremes, Andrew. At least I'm no. not talking about extremes, okay. right? Because I think, well, I think, I think we have to lay these foundations. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's. Fine. Fine, fair enough. Uh, I, I, but, but kind of, you know, bringing it back to to where the issues pop up. Uh, take, for example, what Noe types in the comments, because I think it's an, a very interesting song, right? Um, Louis Armstrong's "What a Wonderful World." Um, I have heard the song. It is a beautiful song. Okay, it it truly is. It's a beautiful song. Uh, it is not a religious song by definition. It would be a secular song. And so, as you know, he says, "Look, some songs that are secular can still bring us closer to God." Sometimes. Or, or at least in his argument, I think it's to be appreciative of the things that God has placed in our lives. And I think that's true. Um, we have to consider, especially what Jason is saying with the, with the romantic songs, um, we have to consider that we have an entire book in Scripture yeah, sure. that is basically a song between lovers, right? Uh, and, and, and you, could, you could even go as far to say it has a lot of secular, um, secular themes within that book. Right, all right, but but the but the big challenge with this, and this is where I, I think I would draw a line, right, is that when you read the book uh, Song of Solomon's, there there is no doubt uh, uh, a, a description exactly. and underlaying. Sure, no, no, but I was gonna say there's a description of what some would argue is true love between a husband and a wife, exactly. and all the elements of that. Because it isn't just a lot of times we make an emphasis on the songs of Solomon. We make an emphasis on, oh, look at the sexual imagery that's in there. But that's actually not the majority of the book. That's actually a, a minority portion and, of what is I, there. And can I add also, I think it would be an underlying foundation of God's love for us. So isn't it, it isn't just a secular purpose just to have a, a secular thing, words there. I think there is a purpose to it to show, of course, how a love between a man and a woman but how that is a, a, a reflected in our re relationship between us and God. And I would right. use another right. another example of that, right? Uh, the whole secular, because I, I do agree there are some songs. Like there's a song, uh, I don't know, have you guys ever heard it? I Will Be Here. I, I don't sure. remember who's singing it. That sure. song is, is speaking right. about a, 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 another a loved one, but you can use that. I've heard it. I, I, I honestly first thought it was a song, a, 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 a religious song about God. Until I found out, oh, that's actually a romantic song about a, a man and a woman. So I think that absolutely there are secular songs that, you know, you can have that, uh, the, the okay. underlaying, you know what I'm saying? That double. Sure, sure. That makes sense. And, and this is, and this is where I want to get to. So I'm just going to, I'm going to push you guys on an answer here. So the answer would be, yes, Christians can listen to secular songs, but right. And then we would have to fill in that statement. Asterisk. <laughs> or, or put an asterisk on there. Big asterisk. I, yeah. I was going to say the following. Um, I, I think that we would end up drawing a line going back to what you were saying, Andrew, in that there are songs that I think, you know, um, and maybe I'm taking an extreme, but the problem is that it's so popular nowadays that I don't think it's an extreme anymore. There are so many songs out there that are not about true and pure love. For example, using that and talking within that context, right? 
uh, true and pure love between a husband and a wife, but are now more about simply having sex with a bunch of different other people, right? Mm -hmm. And and or objectifying women, um, or glorifying the life of someone who is single and is betting a bunch of different uh, people, um, or uh, the consumption of drugs and alcohol, which we had said, and I think we all agree that eventually you draw a line and you say music can be music. Fine, remove for a second whatever background music is going on, but you know for a fact there is absolutely no doubt, okay, that um, a, a song that glorifies the things that scripture clearly tells us is wrong should not be listened to by a Christian. I would say there is no doubt about that. There's no doubt. I, I, I want to kind of add, uh, add something to that as we're pushing to the to continue. I think that uh, David has an excellent, excellent <laughs> thought here that I want to kind of respond to. It says, Mitchell knows how much I love music, but I can say I don't like Christian music and mostly because it's not very good. That's a bold statement, David. I'm just saying, no, but I, I understand what he's trying to say. And I wanted to get to, before I, before I get to this statement, I kind of, can I go through a couple of verses just because, because I, I, I think it's before, important before, for, you, before you do though, before you do, because, I, his, you know, look, uh, he brought me into this, right? Um, and, and he says, he says that I know it's true. We've had many conversations and, and for the record, David texted me earlier when he saw the announcement at our church and he's like, Oh, you bet I'm going to be involved today. All right. So, so we appreciate it. And David, and David does, does check in. Uh, you know, sometimes I know he doesn't comment. Sometimes he can't because of his kids, but I know he's always connecting anyways. Um, we, we've talked about the issue of music and I think the, I, it, I just, cause I know it's not part of our conversation, but he brings up an important point. Let me tell you something. There are many, many good musicians within our church, but a lot of times they are called to, uh, or called may be the wrong word, but eventually they are influenced to use those talents in a direction that does not worship God. And I am frustrated. I will tell you the truth. I am frustrated with the quality of Christian music today because truth be told, much, much of Christian music today is really bad. Okay, it's really bad. And it, it's almost like we've we've fallen into like second rate musicians. Right. And and I think, though, and this is where I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say something that may not sit well with people. But I think in part, the issue is the church in that we have restricted so much what is about music. OK, I, I, I've been through the conversations in church boards where we're talking about we should not sing anything except for whatever is in the hymnal. And so you know what happened when the new hymnal in the Adventist church switched and oh. added more songs? Huge controversy. Why a huge controversy? Because how could you add to what is already established? Only that is good, nothing else. And that I feel is very dangerous because it limits our ability to be creative within church. Again, are there parameters? For sure. But I think that has stopped our creativity in many, many different ways. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to, to say this. And, and then uh, David wrote a question to me that I wanted to answer real quick. So to Andrew, why can't the meaning of that song be different to you and that be the meaning of the song? You know, and, and I think that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, I think that the, the songwriter meant it to be about a, a man and a woman. And I was thinking it was between a relationship with God. Right. But at the same time, there comes a point where the, uh, the author of that song by by choice of words, is pushing a narrative that can't be denied. You can't tell me that uh, uh, someone who writes in a song that says, oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, something about sex with a woman, right, for that extreme, and tell me, oh, he's talking about the bride of the church, 
right? Or, or something like that, you know? You know, there there comes a point where, yes, you, you we went, can you say, went to okay, an extreme I can, bro. You know, I, you know, I'm trying to say, like, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything, right? But, you, like, if we if we had to say, you know, there, there comes a point where we say, okay, I can take the song like this, you can take it, you meant it like this, but there comes a point where it's like, okay, there's no going around what that means. That's what that means, you know? Unless you're completely trying to uh, play games with words and and all, then that's a whole different thing. But I just wanted to answer that. Real yeah, quick. for sure. By the way, I've had this conversation with David as well, and and I'll, and I'll tell you what my point, my my at least my stance on this is. Um, I, I think that we can uh, transform meaning to absolutely anything. Exactly. But I do believe that the 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 um. The best thing that we can do when possible, because I understand that some songs are purposefully written to contain many different and multiple meanings, but when possible, take what it literally says. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't. And by the way, I don't think this is so much of a problem now as maybe as it was uh, 50, 60, 80, 100 years ago. Right. But definitely today, the songs aren't about giving meaning to to music or or trying to portray certain messages i don't think that's what it is anymore i think it literally is explicit as can be like like look if you if you were to google because i did this right before we went online if you were to google right now what is the top song of 2020 you would find meg the stallion savage now i've never heard the song so what I did was I looked up the lyrics because I want to see what why does this make this the top song of 2020? And some may argue it may not be or not, but this is what's what's running in the radios and the iPods and the and the and the iPods. I'm I'm dating myself. I apologize, guys. Right? <laughs> On the iPhones and the and the and 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 whatever, right? And however we listen to music. Well, if you I'm I'm sorry, like there is no hidden meaning to that, right? <laughs> it it is about explicit as can be. And I think at that point you have no choice. But yeah. to say, hey, this like, is right gonna, like going back to David's question about the meaning of the song. Um, there's a perfect example. I think it's a perfect example for this. Do you guys know who Andrea Bocelli is? Sure. Yes. Okay. One, probably one of the most prominent um, uh, singers of his time, right? All right. So he sings a song called The Prayer. Mm -hmm. that, that song was actually not written at all for a church, yet people take that song and sing it in church because of the lyrics, even though mm. the song was never written for church, it had, I, from what I, from what I know, it was actually written for a Disney movie. Mm. So it has nothing religious about it yet. People still take those lyrics because of what the lyrics say and they still take them and apply them into a spiritual sense. Yeah. Yeah. The prayer, by the way, I, I've always known, I've always known that the prayer is not a religious song, but we've applied it. Absolutely. I we've it. applied yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can can I can I? Oh, so many questions. There's so many things that are going through my mind. This is, I love this. Focus, focus, focus. Yeah, focus. Because David, David is saying that that the youth are restricted. That's why they 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 don't they become less creative. And I don't think that that's the case. I think that we have restricted ourselves. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna say this because, right? I this goes back to what I want to say. Is there a purpose for music? I want to read to you guys a couple of verses. Right. This is found in Colossians three sixteen. Look at what it says here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let it dwell in you, it says. Teach, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What is happening here? To me, this is telling me that music has a purpose, right? With Christ dwelling in us, 
to teach and admonish one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs. If we think of the psalms, right, everything that David wrote, we, I don't think we, can, we, we have any of the, the melodies to those songs. But what is it that stayed? It was the message. The message had a purpose. It had a meaning. It was something that we use as scripture that teaches us today. Sometimes we'll say well, on certain subjects, oh, well, what about this subject? We'll quote from the Psalms and say, oh, well, uh, the Bible says this. We shouldn't do this. We use that as scripture when that was a song. So song has a purpose in the fact that it is supposed to teach us. It's supposed to admonish one another, which one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I want to read Andrew, another one. Andrew, hold on, hold on. But, I'm, but, I'm, I'm, but I, I got to push back on you on that. Go I'm it. reading. I'm reading that text different to what you're reading. I don't think that what it's saying is it's saying that psalms should only be used for teaching I don't, I don't think and that admonishing. It, no, but I but I, I feel like that's what you're implying, though, in this sense. I think that is one of the purposes saying. of it. Hold on. Yeah, well, fair enough. Then, then use okay. those words. I don't think okay. that's what the text is saying. I think the text is saying that what you're supposed to be doing is to be teaching and admonishing. And what you could use to teach and admonish is psalms exactly. and hymns and, and spiritual that was, songs. And that's because the purpose here, we see in psalms. Hold on, hold on. Because here's, here's, the, here's the thing. This is what I would ask you about Colossians 3.16. Tell me what's the difference between a spiritual song and a psalm, because he does identify both. What is the difference between a psalm, a hymn, and a spiritual song? You see, what he's telling what you, you is that these are, yeah, what, he, what he's telling you is that these are the tools by which we can admonish, but it doesn't mean that the only purpose of psalms, hymns, or spiritual songs is to admonish, because for the sure. record, because for sure, the record, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to give you another reason. Hold on, hold on, because for the record, I can go and grab a song and simply praise God by myself, and I am neither teaching nor admonishing anyone. And that's right? where I want to get to my next point, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say to that right now. If sure, you, sure, go for it. Me, right, and and I think it's I still stand by what I say. I believe it is music is meant to teach and admonish. And in Psalm sixty-one eight, it says, "We it says, so I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform." my vows this is telling me another point that music's purpose is also right i looked up the word vows the word vow means a solemn promise right we have these uh, uh promises that we make to god right we have this obviously we're, we're living in a uh, uh in sanctification with god we're living in in communion and relationship with god right uh, uh just uh, that that word vows brings a, a a relationship tone to it right just like with our with our with our spouse right we make vows to them that we will love them through uh, through, uh, through thick and thin, through uh, through death, through everything, right? And in the same way, we do that with God. And it, to me, it's telling me that I will sing your praise, your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. He's singing so that in that singing, in that music, he could teach the, the teaching, the instruction in those songs can help him keep those vows that he made to God, help him in his relationship with God. Sure, so sure. it helps teaching, admonishing, it helps you spiritually to, sure. to, uh, to remember your vows to your God. Right. So it does these things, right. Another one. Uh, uh, Andrew, it, Andrew, hold on, hold on. But I, now I'm uh, going to push back on you on this one as well, go, because I don't, I, 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 again, I think when you're reading the text a specifically what that text says is not that the only purpose of him singing, I'm not saying that it's the only purpose. The no, no, but you are implying that though. I don't know if you're realizing no, that. You I'm implying, implying that, that he's, they have, if I would have just said that, then I would have just stuck with the first one. But I'm continuing that there are purposes to music. 
many, no, purpose, it, many purposes to music. Do, do not do not yeah. disagree with that. But here's the okay. thing. Okay, you talked about vows, and we already yeah. read where it talked about teaching and yes. admonishing. If I am playing an instrumental piece at church, yes. yes. What am I teaching? What am I admonishing? And what vows am I? Am I? And, and that's where and that's where we talked about the 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 music separate from the lyrics and why it's so important, right? No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, but and I'm, all those things. Hold on. Hold on, but I'm yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pin you on this question, brother, because I love it, you, man. Because I love you. I'm gonna pin you. Here's the here's you know what? There was a moment yes. in my life where I said, I don't think any instrumental piece should be played at church. I'm I'm telling you this, okay? Okay. And the example came from when a young man went up to play the trumpet, not Jason, because I know he plays the trombone, okay? But the <laughs> trumpet, okay? You play the trumpet too, Jason? I don't know if you play the trumpet. No, 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 no never. Okay, never, anyways. I never got so into he that. goes up to play the trumpet at church. So, okay, well, now we have a special song by so and so. He goes up and he starts playing. I've never heard the melody of the song. I have no idea what he's playing. He didn't say a single word about what this song is about. And I said, well, what was the purpose of that? Right? Yeah. Now, this was me about 15 years ago. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, maybe instrumental music has no place in church. I don't think we would go to that extreme. But what, what I'm trying to say is as opposed to music being this, what it's saying is that this can be applied in the form of music. Sure. So as opposed to music being teaching, teaching can be applied using music. I, I would I, say that's I, one of its purposes, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think right, it's, and, it's only purpose. And, and what I would say to that, what you're saying about only music, I would say that the music is complementary to the message. And, mm. and, and that's why when we start to get what you were saying, how uh, I didn't want to get into it this early. I wanted to continue uh, uh, going on this, right? Because I, I believe that what we have in these modern day songs, right, that have seven words that repeat the same words over and over, it's sure. not, it's, it's uh, how would you say it? Uh, a lack of creativity, yes. And I would say that if we look at the Psalms and the examples that David has, in his songs, how meaningful and purposeful those words were and what they meant, right, compared to six or seven words that I don't think are wrong in and of themselves. Like if you repeat the words, I love Jesus, Jesus save me. I love Jesus, save me, which we see in songs these days. Nothing wrong with that. Agree with it perfectly. If the melody's okay, 100% okay. My problem is if you can get more meaning, if you can get more out of that song, with the music, the melody, and add uh, 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 words, and add teaching, and add admonishing, and add vowels. Why not? It's. Uh, I love the 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 the. Um, no, no, fair, fair uh, enough, fair enough, Andrew. I love Andrew, the Andrew. But here's my yes. question, though. This is and this is where I'm trying to pin you at. You're saying why not? But what you're not saying is that that song that repeats the same phrase with seven words is wrong. Is no. it wrong? Yes or no? No. Okay. Hold okay. So, so here's the so thing. Also, like. Go ahead, go ahead, Jason. Go ahead, go ahead. Here's yeah, because you haven't like, said anything, Jason. Look, look, look at the look at the music that you're comparing. Like it's it's something that we also had to had to take in notice is the time that we're living in compared to the time of David. Oh, back then, like that's the type of music that there was. Mm. Nowadays, that, it's the type you, of music that we're living in. Now. I don't think we can use that. Like you're saying earlier, I don't think we can use that, that same message, but not change the meaning. But I don't think we can use into what what's being what's what's around today. I think we can make meaningful songs with meaningful words that don't have that can be longer than six, seven words. Sure, that's what's happening. And just because it's happening in our modern time doesn't make make it something that we should just continue to do. I think like he, like David was saying, we can be more creative. 
we can there can be more meaning and purpose to these songs and i think we should uh explore those those, those avenues and 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 i think that we're stuck in this in this phase where like that's all we want to do just repeat these couple words which i want to get across i have no problem with and i and sometimes i've even listened to you know i, I listen to them but we can get something They're even what? more why not get something more out of that that's, no that's yeah of course thing. there's always it's always going to be like that that we're, we're always going to have to be okay what more can i do like we we can't just stay stuck in the same place like i i get that perfectly and like you were saying like there's nothing wrong with those seven word songs like there's nothing wrong with them i'm just saying that that's the style that there is right now yeah. but i completely agree with you can there be more done with it of course definitely because like you guys were saying earlier a lot of the christian music nowadays it's it's not that great it's yeah look i i'm Oh, look, all I'm trying to say, I'm not I'm not even I'm not even picking on the seven word song. OK, uh, I'm trying to I've been trying to think of a seven word song. Please tell me there's no Jesus Wept song. There is there is no Jesus Wept with two words, I don't think. But I'm sure somebody came up with something. But I'm going to tell you something. I'll give you an example. OK, and, I, and I'm not I'm not trying to say anything bad about them. I was trying to listen today to the Lesser Light Collective. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Yeah. Right? The Lesser Light Collective. And I'm going to tell you, I can't get behind their songs. I've tried. I cannot get behind their songs because I feel there is a lack of flow. Now, again, I, 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 this is, this is, and, and I'm going to push this to you guys for a second here. This is where I ask you, can there be variety in music that a Christian listens to or not? Can there or not? Because I feel that we're, we're going into that same thing of if it's not like this, then it's worthless. And that's and that to me falls into the same category of somebody saying if it's not a hymn or if it wasn't written by one of the pioneers, we should not be singing it. And I think that is wrong. I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think that is right. I don't. I don't, no, I don't yeah. Think. Okay. Okay. Look, just just and this this type of music was just it was it, it caused a lot of problems within the Adventist community. I don't know if you um oh man, I just lost his name right now. It was a it was a Mexican Mexican singer, but he did Christian songs mariachi style. Jose Ocampo. Jose Ocampos. There you go. Perfect. Mariachi style is something like a lot of the mariachi music. A lot of it is very, very, very um, machista. Sure. It's very. Sure. That's 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 what um, uh, mariachi music gives the gives the vibes of, right? Mm. But then I've met people that are like, oh, because I listened to Jose Ocampos, because I listened to his style of music, it was through that style that I came to the church that I gave my life to God. So there is, there has to be variety because we, like a lot of the music all depends on our culture that we grew up with, our culture that we live in. Yeah. And, so and, and I mean, I, obviously like if I'm, if I'm in the, let's say like I'm in China, a song that's reggae is not going to reach out to me as compared to if I'm in Jamaica, because that's like, that's the type of music there. Right. So there, there has to be variety. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why the Bible doesn't say this is the specific way music has to be played because there's so much variety within God's people. Like I, every I, single culture has their own style of music, but we all within making Christian music, there does have to be parameters. I, I think, uh, man, I want to clear up so much and I don't think that there should be one song that everybody no, should no, no. I a hundred percent agree with, with variety, but I think that in that, that these principles transcend even culture and all those things because they're just like how, and I, and I was listening to Doug Baxter and I think he, he makes a great point. When we think of a lullaby, a lullaby is understood through 
every culture, whether it sounds different or not, you can understand the rhythms, the tempos, the different things that are, that are there, right? And just like there are different types of music, sure, but we have to remember that we cannot, with the same thing with the temperance, we cannot abuse rhythm, we cannot abuse temples, we cannot, like uh, for the, the whole, uh, the drums, like when they have the box, I, I think that's perfectly fine if they're within, within uh, if it's not obstructing the song where you can't hear the song or it's taken away from the song, you know, you're keeping in beat, you're keeping in rhythm. I think that's perfectly fine. I think that the, that in keeping with those principles of, of, of not abusing any of those, I think that it transcends all those things. And going back to another point that I want to make that I thought he made a, a, a perfect illustration to what I was saying, that if we can get more out of, a, out of a song, then why not? He talks about, I don't know if you guys ever, ever heard him say uh, uh, 7-Eleven's uh, uh, music or the 7-Eleven song, right? The idea that you can go get groceries at 7-Eleven, but you're going you're gonna to pay a steep price for that. Usually you go where? To Costco, Stater Brothers, uh, Winko, whatever, because that's where you're supposed to buy gr groceries. Can you buy groceries at 7-Eleven? Sure, but it's not the ideal place. In the same way with music, it's just like a 7-Eleven song. Yes, there's seven, seven words in the song and they're meaningful, sure. They meet and there's nothing wrong with that song. It has a good melody. But if you can get more meaning like, like David does with the Psalms and add a nice uh, uh, melody that's with, within uh, uh, the non-abuse of, of all these different parameters with a variety, then why not? I think it's a perfect, a great analogy to that. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm look, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. My issue is that why do we have a, have to add a but to that? Why is it that we can't have both? You see that that's, that's my issue. And this is the thing that I have, I, that I have consistently found illogical in the way that we look at, not what you're saying, but in the way that we apply that rule to our churches, we'll say something like, uh, Hey, um, uh, you know, uh, ese corito no dice nada. But for somebody that can actually say a lot, sure, sure. I mean, do we not teach our children to sing? Yes. Jesus loves me like 15 times in one song. Like yeah, literally, that... the chorus says, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes. Jesus loves me. Yes. Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so now, is it not, a, is it not, no, hold on. Is it not a, what we call a corito, right? Uh, yeah. and, and again, I know all of a sudden maybe somebody doesn't understand that term, but this is the term. I don't even know how you translate that to English. Whatever. It's, it's, it's corito. It's corito. <laughs> so, well, anyways, right? Um, but but eventually, uh, you say, okay, sure, we also come up with sophisticated songs. But look, I can point to you to to a Psalm of David that is literally as long as one verse. Are you going to tell me that we're going to say, hey, David, well, good job on that song, but you could have gotten more out of it. No, I no, think that both not. have a place to exist. Sure, sure. In, of course, they're the extremes. Yeah. And, and I, I would hope that at, uh, that at at 20, 30 years old, that that's not the only song he's singing. Right. That just just Jesus loves me. This I know that. I mean, not that there's a, anything bad with that song, but there's obviously more that there that you can get from doctrine sure, it's sure. just like with this idea of I, and i'm not trying to pick on anyone you know uh jason with the whole jesus loves me right uh you know what well, i mean not jesus loves me what would jesus do oh, jesus. Uh, you know we would have we have to move on to to uh how just uh what does a paul say uh more milk or uh, you know what i'm saying Some, you know sometimes on some of these subjects but i agree with all you guys and and, and you know and i think this is this is an important subject uh altogether but i'll i'll, I'll I'll let you guys. So, so yeah, yeah. So, so, so here we go. So here we go. Here's a great question. I think, uh, and I've, I've had conversations on this with many other people about this. What do we do? This is the question that David asked last, right? What do we do with secular musicians that sing religious songs, 
for example, like a, a Johnny Cash or a Julian Welch, what, what, what do we do? Because some people will say, nope, secular musician is singing, therefore do not listen to that music, even though it's a religious song. What do you think? Secular mu musicians that sing religious songs? That, 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 that's correct. For example, uh, take uh, Elvis, for example, who literally has an entire album on hymns. Right, he is not a okay. Christian singer. Just, like, 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 just modern, modern times right now. Kanye West trying to make a yeah. Christian music album. Well, you know what? Look, I don't know. I don't know if that's compared to. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but no, I you guys know that idea. I'm sure. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. There's, 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 there, there are two separate questions there. Kanye West blends in both of those questions, but let's try to stick to that one question. Do you guys see a problem with that? If, if, uh, if uh, uh, a Carrie Underwood sings "Jesus Take the Wheel." I don't. I don't think there's any problem with with hearing that song if, it, if it's uh, to the glory to, to to God. If it's giving the glory to God. If it's uh, putting our mind on that, I don't, sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sure. Chase, you don't fine. see anything wrong with that. I I personally don't. But here's my butt. I actually <laughs> while 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 um while I was getting ready for this, I came across a list. Let me see if sure. I can pull it up. And this list was I felt like if it was very very on point with this stuff. Let me see. So it was called seven. It, the list mentioned seven biblical texts for Christians and music, and one of those tests on this on music. And I I had never really thought of it about it like this, but it was. Let me see where is it. Um. While you're looking for that, I'll just give give an okay, example. It gives two oh, yeah. two examples. <laughs> so out of the list of seven, these are two of the ones that stuck out to me: the purpose test and the association test. So one of the examples that it gave specifically in the association test, like, okay, Johnny Cash, what's the first thing that comes to your guys' mind when you guys think of Johnny Cash? Uh, I mean, I first thing I think of is he's a secular singer for sure. Exactly. There you go. Just, okay, there. Cut it off right there. Secular singer. He's not, he, so like when you listen to that song, like it doesn't really, like, I'll, I don't know if, if you, about you guys, but like, at least like there is a Johnny Cash song where it, where it talks about like, Lord coming for the sinners, whatnot. I've heard it before. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily get. I'm... Oh, did we lose him? Uh, I think I think so. I, I think I, I I understand what he was trying to say, and, and I was going to say that too. Uh, next, you know, sometimes, uh, well, actually, that like uh, like I was giving the illustration of how they've had uh, uh hymns or songs in the past, right, that were secular uh, melodies that they brought and they put Christian music to it and it's perfectly fine. And, and there's nothing wrong with that song, but there comes a point where like Jason was saying right here, where if there is so much negative association with that singer or with that song that it's still at this in our time brings our mind to that, then that's when I would say all of a sudden, okay, maybe we shouldn't listen to that. But if we listen to that song and we have no problem, uh, our conscience and nothing, and nothing uh, brings us to, to, uh, to that, you know, to that other area, then I think there's nothing wrong with yeah, it. Let me, let me, yeah, let me say sense. something. Cause I think, I think, uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if he's in out in Adelanto, but if it's pouring out there, he may have lost his internet, bro. Like completely. <laughs> uh, I think he's, I don't, he was in Adelanto. He said he, oh, uh, he was okay, home, remember? Okay, got you. Got you. Well, anyways, um, uh, there's a text that I think is important. Uh, this is Philippians four, eight, where Paul says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And I think that's, that's the principle that I would apply to every single aspect of music, okay? I think if there is a song 
that puts you in a depressive mode, you need to stop listening to that. I think if there is a song that puts you in a violent mode, you need to stop listening to that. I think if there is a song that brings up lustful thoughts, you need to stop listening to that. Now, that may sound all as extremes, but I think that's true. We need to find the things that are actually valued in the kingdom of God, things like what he says, nobility, justice, purity, loveliness, right? All these things. Now, I think that there are secular songs out there that do enable these certain traits and aspects, right? That, that are not necessarily religious in that sense, um, but, but still elevate the mind to better things. And I think some people have mentioned some songs here. But the issue of association, though, which is what he was going to say, is, is the one thing that I am always worried about, depending on the person that's listening. Um, uh, by the way, David, sorry, I, just, it's like I can see the comments here. He says, wrong. Johnny Cash was truly and completely Christian when he started. He was on the wrong, but thrived to be a better Christian later on. I did not say in any way, shape, or form that Johnny Cash was not a Christian. I'm none none of us were I, saying anything yeah, against Johnny Cash. For, for sure. What I, what I was, by what the I was way. trying Yes, yes. What I was trying to say is oh, that sorry, guys, I lost I signal. Think, I lost signal. Don't don't worry about it, brother. We're continuing this here. So what I was trying to say about <laughs> Johnny Cash is that when I think of it, the first thing I think of is not his Christian songs. The first thing I think of is the secular okay. songs, okay. which for the record, which for the record, when Johnny Cash sings, there is a certain tone to it that brings up different emotions that, exactly. uh, that other other singers cannot do. I understand that. And I, and again, I'm not can, I'm not trying I, to. Can I add that real quick to that too? Another example too is we hear the song "Amazing Amazing Grace" sung by yes. secular, where we have this beautiful song "Amazing Grace," and then we'll have some R&B singer that go in there and do so many riffs and so many changes to the sure. song that all of a sudden you're like, "Where is the spirituality?" Or where it takes the beauty sure. and it changes the song completely to what it should have been. So I think that that absolutely can change sure, too as well. Sure. Now, now let me, now let me finish before I got distracted, David, by your comment <laughs> that just popped up on my screen. Hey, he has good comments. Go, no, go. no, no, no. We, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, uh, David and I, we've gone hours on the whole music thing. So it's always good to talk about this, but um, what I wanted to say is this issue of association and Jason, I'll, I'll probably hand it to you in a second. Um, I think there is always a danger though. And I'm serious about this. I think mm -hmm. there's always a danger in saying, Oh, I like this song versus, oh, I like this artist, mm. right? Because the moment that you there like the you artist, you're going to start accepting more of what this artist says. And I think as Christians, it, first of all, it should never really be about the artist because, you know, I mean, David made mistakes and he's not my example, right? But what okay. we want to do is we want to judge everything individually. We want to discern correctly. And we want to say, hey, this is good and this is not good. I think that's the way we're supposed to go. And I would even say independent to whoever is singing it. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I would still argue that there are some rhythms and some beats and, and certain types of songs that are not conducive to Christian living. That being said, though, assuming that it is, I, I think you got to judge things individually. I, I really do. I don't think you can group things immediately all over the mm -hmm. place. That, that's that's my just like with politics. You don't do that. You don't. Oh, this right. is the politician we're going to follow because I like him. No, you, every individual bill, as we were saying, but anyway, that's correct. Yeah, Jason, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, exactly. Um, like when it comes back to the to the whole association thing, like it, 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 I thought it was interesting because the guy that wrote this article spoke to some pastors that were from Jamaica, mm. and the pastors like completely agreed that there should be varieties of music in the church, different varieties, but in their churches specifically, something they would not want to play that they would not try not to let play is reggae, because reggae, at least reggae 
like legit reggae, not just everybody listening to Bob Marley type of reggae, like legit reggae, it's known really just for drugs. That's all it's really known for. Mm. Yeah, look, so, I, look. I mean, so that, 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 so you had, like you were saying earlier, you have to be careful with that. Yeah, you have to really be careful with the association because what is it going to get you to get you to think? Is it, do you like right. the song? Like you were saying, do I like the song because of the, because of, where where like it, what it makes me think of, or do I like it because I like reggae music and I like the beat in the background and whatnot? Sure, sure. Here's here's the issue though, right? Music it becomes very personal, in my opinion, right? I, I think I think like we all mm-hmm. say, hey, this is my type of music, this is that type of music, and and I I'm gonna encourage everybody that's been watching us up to this point. We're almost done here, but everybody that's been watching us up to this point, they're not. Wa- there's no one watching anymore. Oh, there's no, no one watching. Anymore. Okay, so I'm gonna encourage just Jason and Andrew here. No, but I'm gonna encourage everybody to at some point you have to do what you would do with anything else in the spiritual realm you have to do that with music and what i mean by that is that you have to put that to the test i don't care who you like i don't care who your favorite artist is because i'm going to tell you something i happen to like a lot of songs um that that come from um uh, what's these guys uh um uh bethel music okay i there are some songs that i really enjoy but just because Bethel music has songs that I really enjoy doesn't mean I accept everything from Bethel music. Same thing with Hill songs. There are some songs that have spoken to my heart from Hill songs, but that does not mean I go in and I accept everything that Hill songs produces. You have to test everything. I don't care who you like. I don't care what type of music you like. I don't care what your inclination is to. You got to put things to the test because this is what you would do with the preacher. This is what you would do with a book. This is what you would do with subjects of study. This is what you would do with TV shows. Why wouldn't you do that with music? Yeah, I think that's uh, something that has to be followed. Yeah, and I want to, to add to what you were saying earlier too. Uh, uh, um, you were talking about that verse. I said, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is mm-hmm. pure, right? Giving us our, our baseline for what kind of music. There's another verse uh, found in almost uh, six where it, it, it gives us a little bit more. It tells us, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul, which you have redeemed. Woe to you who put far off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lies in bed in ivory, stretch out on, the, on your couches, eat lambs flock from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall. Then look at what it says. Who sing idly to the sound of string instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David, who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best anointments but are not grieved from the affliction of Joseph. Therefore, therefore they, shall go, they shall now go captive as the first captives, and those who recline at the banquet shall be removed. In essence, what he's saying here is, who sing idly to the sound of string instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David. In essence, what they're saying, there was, there was musicians in that time who were like David. The, the Bible says that we were reading earlier that David was skillful in his craft. There was artists in that time when this verse is being written that were skillful, just like David, but it says, who sing idly to the sound of string musics, unlike David. While David was very calculated over the choirs, over his music, over his state of worship, these men sang idly to the sound of string instruments, which is telling me it's possible to be very skilled artists and have this amazing talent, but if you sing idly, if you sing without purpose, if you see, if your song doesn't have meaning, if it does not point us in some way to God, then yeah. that music is not acceptable. I agree. I agree, guys. We we have to wrap it up. Uh, there was a this comment coming in from Jasmine, who again we hope uh, all goes well in the soon to be birth of your son, uh, uh, Andrew. 
But uh, she writes that my sisters and I started to sing together at a very young age. Some people at church would ask us, why not change our music to more upbeat music to attract more youth? Now, I, I'm, I don't want to address the comment, but I do want to ask all of you who are watching us right now if it would be beneficial. Because we've talked a lot about secular music, I think, today. But if it would be beneficial for us to talk about worship music now right music within the church what do you think if you think you want us to have that conversation on another sabbath let us know and that way we can start making plans for that um but i, I want to finish with the quick quote guys i i kind of just want to finish with something that ellen white writes um and just you know as a form of conclusion here um uh, she writes this is in education 167 and 168 she says the history of the songs of the bible is full of suggestions as to the uses and benefits of music and song. Music is often perverted to serve purposes of evil, and it thus becomes one of the most alluring agencies of temptation. But, she says, rightly employed, it is a precious gift of God, designed to uplift the thoughts to high and noble themes to inspire and elevate the soul. And that last phrase to me, I think kind of, I think we are all in agreement with that, right? That at the end, whatever ends up enabling those higher thoughts, right? The, the noble themes of scripture, the things that inspire us, the things that reach our soul and make us better. I think that is what God wants us to do, right? Sure, there may be variety and maybe talks about all these different things, but for sure, that's what God wants in our lives for everything for that matter, not just music. Last word, Andrew, last word, Jason, real quick. We got to wrap this up. Last, last thing I'll say is I pulled this uh, these acronym for music from, uh, I forgot what, Adventist page. Uh, uh, they, they sing music as well. Uh, for the acronym for music, right? If you could stick to these principles, I think we could be pretty clear. M, which meaning meaningful, not trivial. U, standing untainted, not worldly. S, standing for spiritual, not carnal. I, just like Mitchell was saying, inspired, right? As Ellen White puts it, not degrading. And C, clear, not confusing or disguised. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate that. Andrew, Jason, last word. I mean, it would just be whatever music that it is that you're listening to, guys, just put it through a filter. Put it through a filter. That's it. Put it through a filter and see if it uh, be even even Christian Christian music that you're listening to itself. Put that through a filter. Even though it has a label Christian doesn't mean that's something that's made to edify. So whatever it is, just put it through a filter and see if it really aligns with things that you believe in and and see if like I don't want to say the phrase, but like say it, bro. Say it. <laughs> no, hey, that's not the phrase. Closing. That's not the that's not the phrase that I want to say, but it's like it's like, would Jesus enjoy that music with you? Really? What what would Jesus enjoy? What would Jesus <laughs> hey, enjoy? Hey, would there we go. Enjoy? I like there it. There we go. So very quickly, we're gonna wrap it up. I do want to share something with everybody that is on our chat live. Um, uh, on behalf of Inland Spanish SDA Church, I'm sending you an article. There's a link to an article on the chat that is the uh, Sunday official statement on the philosophy of music. I think it's very important. It's got some principles there, something we can't go over right now, but something for you to read, uh, take a look at, meditate Maybe upon. Maybe when we do take part out two on worship music. I, I, see, I see one individual say part two. I don't know if you guys want us to talk about worship music, but if you do, definitely let us know. And I want to just address before we pray, Gina, I think, had a great idea. She said, can you guys share your playlist on Instagram? And, and for the record, I think this is a, a challenge. I think a lot of uh, uh, young people are like, well, well what, listen, what music can I listen to? I think we're going to do a, uh, an effort this week 
to share some of the things that we're listening to. Um, well, except for Andrew, because Andrew doesn't listen to any music, I think. Oh, why you got to say that, man? <laughs> hey, that's not and, true. And, and David Salcedo, uh, he said, last word, Christian music isn't good. And I would respond to David in the way he responded to me, wrong. Christian music is awesome. No, I'm just kidding, bro. I'm kidding. Anyways. Uh, hey, we're, we all, we're all, we all have our own opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and again, uh, Christian music, we always have to include uh, the hymns as well, right? And, and it, because there's a huge variety of things. And I think that there are some hymns that are incredible. Search them, look for them, right? And, and I think same thing with many music that's not in the hymnal. Uh, I think there are a lot of things we can learn. Guys, we got to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to have a quick word of prayer. Andrew, you want to lead us? Yeah. All right. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come once again asking that as your humble servants, Lord, that, that, that you were able to use us uh, this afternoon, Lord. We're just uh, so thankful that you bring these topics to us. You know, these are not by any stretch of the imagination easy, and they seem like they get harder and harder, but these are the, the questions that uh, not only the youth, but we all have, Lord, and ultimately we just um, want to bring these questions to you, and sometimes it's hard. If we are honest with ourselves. Uh, some of we we like music. It's something that that speaks to our nature, speaks speaks to our spirit, Lord. And sometimes giving up the things that we love the most is not an easy thing, Lord. But mm. we want to ask you with all our hearts and with every uh, uh, good intent and, and and purpose, Lord, that that if necessary, Lord, if we have to submit something to you, Lord, if uh, we have to submit our will to you, what we find pleasure in, Lord, that you would be able to make that change in us. And not ourselves try to strive for that change, Lord. We just ask that, that you would give us the strength and the power to lead us in the direction that you would want us to go. And we know that this is a step-by-step -step process. We're not going to jump from one, uh, one genre to another, Lord. This is a, a sanctification process, Lord. And we just ask that you would lead us in, in that process. Uh, we ask uh, that you would be with every one of our hearers and, and be with us and be with this program and uh, be with us. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Once again, we want to thank everybody that watched us today. Uh, that thank you for being so active in the comments today, man. Uh, we uh, really uh, appreciate that. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. We got to give an award to David because David was yeah. today. So he did. Sure like we, he said he was like going to be active and he was active. Yeah, he was. He was for sure. <laughs> we do have one small announcement, though, and this is this is how the way we're going to end this. Obviously, keep an eye out on our Instagram account. If you're interested in the shirts, let us know. But next Sabbath, next Sabbath, we will not have our live conversation at four. This is for two reasons. Number one, I cannot be present. I have to go record something for the conference at that time, all the way out on Costa Mesa. I can't do it while I'm driving. Not a good idea. That's number one. And number two, um, uh, the the individual that is wearing the black shirt on our on our uh, conversation here, any moment now, we're hoping, we're hoping we're gonna meet his son. And that means that, uh, you know, we, we wanna make sure that the, the the, the preparation and all the things that come with trying to get ready for something like this, taking off his, his, uh, his, his shoulders at the moment. And he's able to focus on something very important. I ask that you pray for Andrew, uh, but next Sabbath, we're not going to have a live conversation, uh, but keep an eye out on our Instagram. We're going to be reaching out to you guys in different ways uh, through this time. And hopefully in two weeks, we'll be back. Anyways, God bless. Thank you so much. And you know what? I, I was just thinking guys, I was just thinking that even when, you know, we're like having all these discussions about music and about, you know, what can we and what can we not? I think it's really simple. All you got to do five words. I think that's the end all be all right there. Keep calm. Just keep calm. Relax. Keep calm. <laughs> keep looking towards Jesus and Advent, Advent on. on five words. Keep calm. Advent on. We hope to see you soon. God bless. Take care.
and you guys have a great end of this week.